0: Welcome in to another edition of Find the Edge with Cody and Nick coming at you with our week 11 recap and our week 12 look ahead. Cody, happy Thanksgiving, my dude. What are your plans for Turkey Day?
1: Uh, we are staying in KC for Thanksgiving Day. We are going to go hang out with uh, Victoria's family. I think we're going to her grandparents. Then I believe also her parents do something that night. So be a long day, but it'll be a good day filled with some good football. And then over the weekend, heading over to your side of the state to see some family. So it's going to be a loaded, uh, four day stretch there for us, but looking forward to it. What about
0: yourself? Got a little friendsgiving event going on tomorrow, uh, with a group of friends that, uh, we've done this for about 10 years now. So, uh, keeping that tradition alive. And then, uh, Pretty classic Thanksgiving day for us over to my parents for uh, the first half of the day, then over to the fiance's parents for the second half of the day. So real simple, but Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays out there for a reason. It's a lot of football, a lot of food, a lot of good drinks. Uh, really hard to argue with any of that, in my opinion. So really looking forward for sure. to it. Um, Cody, let's go ahead and jump to the week 11 recap here. Uh, we had a pretty good week overall as a podcast, six and four. Uh, I can't remember if your college football bet hit my teaser had an unfortunate bad beat that we will get to uh, on the back half of the, uh, the third leg. But overall, uh, above water as a podcast, that's all you can ask for. Uh, Cody carrying the pod this week at four and one. I, unfortunately, down at two and three. Cody, uh, which one do you want to talk about first?
1: Yeah. Before we get into our breakdowns, just wanted to run through a couple of stats just to keep the listeners up to date with where we're at. I am 24-19-2 on the season. Nick is 23-20-2 on the season, so we are neck and neck if we were going head to head, but I feel like we're more of a team on this podcast when it comes to uh, our overall record. And overall, we are plus 3.7 units on the season. So like Nick said, we are staying in the green. We are still making money, so make sure to keep tailing us. Um, And then I think that was one of the only stats I wanted to go over. So yeah, let's go through the first one here. We'll go with one of my favorite bets and one that as the game was unfolding, I was so happy I took the side. I did Giants plus nine at the Commanders. The Giants won 31 to 19. Um, Honestly, I was kind of scratching my head. I couldn't believe Vegas would put the commanders as nine point favorites against anybody. But I felt like they just hung a big number out there. The public still kind of came in on the commanders a decent amount. Just fading Danny, Tommy DeVito. Understandable. But (laughs) I, I every time I talk about the Giants, I immediately say Danny DeVito. So my bad, Tommy, you had a great game three touchdowns this week probably going to be a career high for Tommy DeVito so that was pretty sweet and uh yeah Giants plus nine easy money there was never a sweat in this game so uh very happy that I took that side what was your first your first bet of the week
0: uh so let's go with we'll start with the good Cleveland minus one and a half uh this one it, it definitely felt like towards the end that we were going to get some Pittsburgh Steelers uh buggery uh that's kind of the games that they sort of you know they were they were down 10 nothing they came back with that long jalen warren touchdown uh i feel like cleveland was kind of just the better team throughout Uh, the stats were pretty close at the end of the game i think cleveland ended up edging them by about 15 total yards but like i said that long touchdown really juiced the steelers numbers Uh, the browns had about twice as many first downs they were moving the ball much more effectively against the steelers defense than uh the other side so luckily uh, the Browns ended up having the late drive to kick the game-winning field goal. Both teams had a couple opportunities, but uh, 13-10, this is kind of the game we expected from these two teams, and I just thought that the Cleveland Browns defense would carry the day. That's kind of how it went, so uh, I was pretty happy with how it turned out. Definitely sweating this one towards the end, because those are kind of the, the type of games Tomlin usually pulls out, but luckily uh, the Browns were able to overcome. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, thank you for that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was uh ninety eight percent of what every Steelers game has been this season. Yeah, from low scoring, they stayed in it till the very end and then they just find a way to win. But luckily for your sake, that did not happen this week. Browns one of my, it
0: out, so one of my favorite stats from the weekend, uh Tommy DeVito now has more games with multiple passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett in uh both of their careers. So Pittsburgh I don't think you have your guy you're gonna you are six and four thank Mike Tomlin for that but uh, I think you're gonna be looking for a quarterback here soon
1: absolutely and another bad Kenny Pickett stat CJ Stroud already has more passing touchdowns in his career than Kenny Pickett does so yeah yeah it is rough uh, let's just get this one out of the way. We had cow. We both had taken the Panthers plus 10 and a half at the Cowboys. They got completely smoked. It seems like every time I put money on Bryce young, he, f- he throws a pick six that kind of just takes me out of being able to win. So that one's rough. We kind of talked about it a little bit before the podcast. It's one of those. You just, you just toss it up as a bad bet. Uh, the Cowboys just blow out bad teams. We both thought they may be looking ahead to Thanksgiving day. It was at Carolina. It was kind of, it wasn't even necessarily a bad bet because all the pros were on this side too. This was a huge pros Joe's matchup. The Cowboys are just, they're not a team you want to bet against when they're playing a lesser opponent, much lesser opponent.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this wasn't a bad bet in the sense that, you know, we just got our doors kicked open and the Cowboys really just took it to the Panthers. I mean, the the offense struggled for the large part in this one, they were well under five yards of play. Panthers defense was pretty good on a play to play basis. Had a couple really bad penalties. Uh, it was a third and 19, I believe, that a roughing the passer moved the chains for the Cowboys at one point. Another fourth down penalty on a punt. that kept a drive alive for the Cowboys. So some bad luck. Uh, some just, you know, poorly coached team. I think, I, I think I've think i been re- overrating Frank Reich. i got to be honest. I really liked him uh, when he Me was too. in Indy. I thought, um, you know, I thought he would be able to turn this team around at some point, but just really has not been able to do that. The, Pan- uh, the Panthers, 32nd, In uh, pass yards, or I guess in yards per attempt, from their passing game, and that is in an NFL that includes the New York Jets led by Zach Wilson. So uh, that is not a good sign to start out Bryce Young's career. I think they're going to have to get a new coach in here to uh, you know turn this around. But yeah, they really had an opportunity here. I mean, I think the the Cowboys did not bring their A game, but uh, it didn't matter. The Panthers just didn't really didn't offer any resistance. It was a seven point game into the fourth quarter. But yeah, like you said, that pick six just absolutely killed us.
1: One hundred percent. And if anyone wants a good laugh, go take a look at my uh, draft Miles Sanders video that I released during the off season because I thought Frank Reich was a good coach and Miles Sanders was going to go crazy this year. Um, but that yeah, obviously w- is not the case.
0: I was there with you. I wasn't uh, as heavy, but I can't, can't blame you. I mean, I I, I liked him too. wasn't I uh, like you said wasn't as quite quite as heavy as you, but um, you know, can't blame you for that one. There's a lot of people in the industry that liked
1: him. Yeah, well, in my other in my other leagues, I know I ended up with Miles Sanders in ours, but in all my other leagues, my positive talk of Miles Sanders convinced all my other league mates to draft him about a round ahead of half where he should there have gone. Go. <laughs> so just a nice, nice grenade I set on their roster for the season, which was pretty sweet. Genius. Uh, let's go ahead. We will jump in. Let's just do the other one that we both had. Yeah. Cardinals plus six at the Texans. This one narrowly. Oh, wait. No. Oh, I have the wrong score. It was 21-16. We did win that That's one. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was this was one of the games I really thought that it was going to be just another one where C.J. Stroud just beat my bet again. But luckily, through a couple picks at the end, that kind of stopped some good drives that they were on. They easily could have gone up by uh, eight points with a field goal, could have potentially have scored a touchdown to go up by two scores. So kind of felt a little bit lucky with this one. Like Nick said, with this teaser on the line, unfortunately just no points were getting scored in this second half. Um, I was, I feel a little bit lucky to win this one. I was listening to a couple different gambling shows on Sunday morning, and they thought that this was a trap set by Vegas. They actually liked the Texans minus the points. They didn't really feel like Kyler showed enough, which I was on the opposite side of that. Um, Like I said, overall, it was, I feel a little bit like a lucky win, but it's one of those I'll take them. I mean, if, if CJ Stroud doesn't throw one of those two interceptions in the fourth quarter, this is probably a losing bet. So, um, happy that it happened. Do you have any more input on this one?
0: Yeah. I mean, pretty lucky, like you said. Um, I mean, I think this was, I, I think this was the right side. It's just too many points to give Kyler. Uh, even though he only scored 16 points in this one, I just, I think he, he just kind of showed why you don't want to give this many points to a guy of his caliber. I mean, that fourth down touchdown run was awesome. The man is extremely athletic. There's a reason he went number one overall. Uh, but yeah, I think I think pretty lucky. I think this one and our Carolina one offset to a degree because a Carolina plus 10 and a half may have been the right spot play from a betting perspective. Maybe our Arizona play, we were overlooking the Texans, but like you said, we got a little lucky. Landed right on five, so uh, hopefully you got that at six or five and a half, and you got the uh, the win. Unfortunately, I actually bet this game at five earlier in the week, so I only got the push. But we'll take the win on the uh, on the show. Uh, And like you said, I mean, we're gonna have this wasn't this wasn't egregiously lucky win on our part. I think um, you know at the end of the day, Arizona had some things not go their way as well Two fourth down conversions late in the fourth quarter inside the Texans 30. They did not convert. So I was, yeah, this game, I'm just gonna, so I was going to wait till the end to talk about my teaser, but I'll just do it now. I had bills minus one Detroit minus one and a half. Those both hit Arizona over 42. This thing was at 31 at half. Uh, Kyler Murray scored a touchdown in the third quarter to make it 21 16. Didn't get the two, but Uh, Literally three turnovers, like you said, from C.J. Stroud inside uh, the red zone and then two uh, inside the 30 from the Cardinals on the other side on fourth downs that they they turned it over. So just a horrible beat. Uh, You just needed one score one of those times and we would have gotten to this 42 most likely the linchpin Arizona. Oh, they they overthought themselves a little bit. Fourth and three with about 12 and a half minutes to go. They could have made it a two-point game, uh, and then they would have been able to kick a field goal at the end instead of having to get the touchdown, but they went forward on fourth and three, yep. didn't get there. That was the, that turned the whole game, because then, uh, then they were just chasing the touchdown every time they came back down, and uh, they just couldn't get there. So uh, really disappointing. Uh, should have had this over and should have hit our teaser, but uh, we will live to fight another day.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Um, All right, let's go to what would have probably been my lock of the week if we were still giving those out, but we kind of both got off to a bad start with lock of the week. So (laughs) glad that we didn't don't do those as often. Uh, But Bill's minus seven against the Jets. I, I mean, I felt like this was an easy bet basically all week. I was very confident on our preview show and then obviously locked it in on our best bet show. Uh, the bills did what I figured they would do. I mean, it was really just a complete blowout. Zach Wilson is, I mean, definitely not deserving of being the number two overall pick in an NFL draft, but not even really an NFL backup at this point. I mean, I, I don't even know. I think he's actually going to be the third string quarterback on the jets roster going forward. So probably where he belongs, if he is going to be on a roster, um, there's really not much more to add. I still think the Jets' defense is really good. I don't necessarily like betting against them because of that, but anytime they're going to be playing a much better opponent like this, only giving up a touchdown, I feel like that is a smash play. We'll see what happens on Friday. I think Tim Boyle's getting the start. Uh, obviously, Trevor Simeon's backing him up. So I don't really have a lot of confidence in Tim Boyle. I think the Dolphins' play is a little bit interesting just because of. Um, you know, we haven't really seen too much of him, but yeah, I feel like I kind of called this one pretty well. Bill's just dominated the jets all day. So wasn't, well, it really was not much of a sweat besides their fake punt, which I think might've been their biggest offensive play besides a couple of Brees, uh briefs plays.
0: Yeah. Uh, pretty much had this one from the gets went up 16, zero. Uh, like you said, they scored that touchdown right before half to make it 16, six, but still felt like you were pretty safe in this one. Um, as soon as the game kicked off, I wish I had the stones to back you on it. I was almost there, just could not quite convince myself to lay that many points uh, with Josh Allen sh- traditionally struggling against this Jets D, but Zach Wilson uh, just just too much the other way. Just cannot get anything going at all. Like he said, he is now the third string quarterback on that team. So uh, my next bet that was also a loser, this one, another uh, bit of a bad beat as well. Miami minus 13 and a half. They only win it by seven. A uh, few turnovers in this one kind of swung things. Miami gave uh, six points to the Raiders on fumbles uh, in the form of two field goals uh, that were both within the their own 30. One play where Tua ran up the middle, just dove on his own volition and knocked the ball off. Uh, it's one of those classic plays where the quarterback doesn't get touched, dives forward, ball flies off. Uh, you know, It's one of those where you're normally down when you when your elbow knocks the ball out of your arm. But when you don't get touched, you're not down. So Tua just literally gives the ball to the Raiders. They score three points on that. Kudos to Devontae Adams for the touchdown, but that was the only offense the Raiders were able to muster. And then the Miami went for it on fourth down at one point. Another just failed conversion from a team we backed. And uh, I think if you just look at the total yards and just kind of the game flow here, you would have thought, Miami killed the Raiders in this one, but they just never got that next touchdown. Uh, I was hoping that we would get a pick six at some point from Aiden O'Connell in the comeback attempt. Never got there. Uh, I would make this bet again, though. uh, We've had success backing Miami in these spots. And, again, I think it was the right play, just did not turn out for us this time.
1: Yep, absolutely. This one was probably your bad beat of the week. The Miami Dolphins did everything so much better than the Raiders in this game, and to come away with a seven-point win is kind of – it just does not do it justice compared to how much they just really outplayed them. Uh, But let's talk about Sunday night football real quick. We both had a bet on it. I ended up cashing my under 42.5, but Nick – A little sad stat here for the podcast. Since we have gone to five picks a week, we have not had a week where we both were positive. We had one week where I went two, two, and one, and you went three and two, or maybe three, one and one, something like that. But never both winning weeks at the same time. So when they lined up for the two point conversion, I was okay with taking the loss if it meant that we were going to get to three and two a piece because I just want us to both have a winning week at the same time. But yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I not got lucky, close. I guess, considering my bets. Yeah, well, yeah, it's also true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, best case scenario, at that point, they could have kicked the extra point. I would have won. You would have pushed. But, again, that's not really what I was looking for. I was hoping they would have converted, and we both went 3-2. and Primetime unders, I know they went 2-1 and one this week. I forget where they're at on the season, but it is just free money at this point.
0: Yeah, this was um... – a good play. Uh, and then at kickoff, it was up to 43. So even if the Denver Broncos would have gotten that too, if you got it at that 43 like me, we would have pushed. Um, yeah, happy my boys got the win, came back. Probably a little lucky that Denver was even uh, this close in this one. But then, yeah, like you said, just came down to the coin flip. Either way, the podcast was going to go one and one. Uh, either your over was going to lose by a half point or I was going to lose by one and a half, uh, taking Denver minus two and a half. So, Two-point conversion just just didn't have a chance from uh, from the start of that play. Bad design, poor execution. Uh, but it is what it is, you know. If you, I, The way Denver got outplayed, I was totally fine coming down to a coin flip at the end, which is basically what a two-point conversion is. So, didn't fall our way this week. Uh, but yeah, I think I basically deserved to be 2-2 two and two through the first four. And then my last game was a coin flip. Didn't land on the right side. Uh, would have been nice to have that teaser in the back pocket to kind of even me out, but... Uh, yeah, just uh, slightly, slightly down on the luck this week on my end, unfortunately. But luckily, Cody uh, picked up the slack. So podcast stays positive.
1: What um have we have you done four teasers or five teasers so far? Five. One and four. Unfortunately.
0: Five. Mm-hmm. Oh, I
1: thought we're you were doubling up this great. week, okay. though.
0: little, little to just a little yeah. tease for, uh, for the quickest way to get ad.
1: even is just gamble some more. So <laughs> that's what they say.
0: Double down. Win and Absolutely. Out. Let's, and then uh,
1: uh, my college football bets, they I went one and one. The over in the Mizzou yeah. game hit, but Mizzou did not cover. So I think I'm up to five and three overall. So I think I've given Very out nice. two picks twice. So, we'll yeah, still a little bit positive on there. But, well, we had a big week this week for college football with it being a rivalry yeah. weekend. Oh, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, lots uh, lots, and lots of sports betting to be done. I think tomorrow is traditionally the biggest uh, day in sports betting in the sports betting world uh, generally just because every single sport has an event. Um, I mean, I guess not the NFL, obviously, but the the next day being, you know, being what it is, the betting is already on. Gotta get those bets so, locked in before, yeah, exactly. before the holiday. College football, college basketball, the like. Uh, there is a ton to look at tomorrow, but we will uh, go ahead and look ahead here to week 12. Let's start with the Thanksgiving Day slate. Cody, you have a best bet coming up here uh, during this slate, and I have a Turkey Day teaser to add on at the end. But our first game of the day, Green Bay at Detroit. Detroit, seven and a half point favorites at home, over unders 47. Uh, I lean Detroit here, public play, but they are still not getting a ton of respect from the books. Another seven and a half point uh, game here, uh, similar to their Bears play last week. They did not cover that one, but they played a really bad game. Uh, at least Jared Goff did. Three. Pretty brutal interceptions. Uh, two of them just horrible throws. One of them tipped. I don't see him having two bad games at home in a row. Uh, I think Dan Campbell's a really good coach in this spot because he's not somebody that's going to let them, you know, he's, he knows they got lucky. Uh, I, I think they'll come out focused in this one, and they're just a much better team than Green Bay. So I, I would expect them to win and cover this. I would be okay laying the seven and a half. Not going to make it one of my best bets, but uh, I I like this line.
1: I'm right there with you. Uh, Just to keep things short, I'm not going to reiterate everything you said, but I'm also on the Lions. Um, Don't mind the under 47. Just with all of these being standalone games on Thanksgiving, I would lean the under on all of them. But it is a little bit risky because the Lions just put up 30 points at will. So you really just need the Packers to get to somewhere around 20 and that over is probably going to hit. So complete stay away on both sides. If you do want to Just bet every game because it's Thanksgiving and you're gonna eat a bunch of food and sit on the couch and watch football, take the Lions minus seven and a half. I think that's the better play. So Uh, but I did want to throw something out real quick because this is actually a cool just Thanksgiving Day stat. Since two thousand and four, favorites on Thanksgiving are forty six and eight straight up and thirty six and eighteen against the spread in that same time span. To add to it, road favorites are 24 and one straight up and 19 and six against the spread. So 24 and you typically one? <laughs> 24 and one as a road favorite, straight Holy up, not against the spread. Fuck. But they the only loss was um the Giants lost, I believe, to the Packers in two thousand and nine was the one wow. loss <laughs> as a as a road favorite. Or so maybe it wasn't the Packers, but I know it was the Giants who lost. Yeah.
0: Okay. Damn, that's uh that's a pretty good stat. I guess you just go chalk on Thanksgiving. Uh that that is kind of the message I'm getting there. But yeah, that would that that stat would definitely support taking the Lions here, especially at a number that you would expect to be closer to ten, or at least I would. Uh basically if you look yep. back to the line they they played at uh earlier this year at Green Bay, they were two and a half point favorites. That's telling you that Vegas views these teams about the same as they did back in week three. I I don't. I, I think Detroit is much better or at least perceived much better than they were then. And Green Bay has fallen down a couple rungs. So I'd be fine laying the seven and a half. I won't do it because they will be involved in my teaser later. That's that's why I would stay away from this. It's just because I love this number in a teaser instead. So uh, play the seven and a half if you want, but I think you have more luck teasing this one along with the other two games. Cody, you have a best bet in the next one. Washington at Dallas. Uh, Cowboys 11 point favorites at home over unders 48 and a half.
1: Absolutely. So as I said in the previous uh, section, you typically want to take the Cowboys against lesser opponents, but on Thanksgiving day, just the, uh, the stat factory here. If you were to fade the Cowboys, the last 12 Thanksgiving games against the spread, you'd be 11. 0 and one, they have not covered a spread in 12 years on Thanksgiving day. Uh, I was listening to, some people talk about this earlier today, and it's basically it's a very public betting day since, like I said, everyone's watching football, everyone's hanging out, all that kind of stuff. America's team as the Cowboys, a lot of tickets come in on the Cowboys, uh, but they they are notorious for not covering the spread on Thanksgiving, so I am going to ride with that trend. Uh, it's honestly going to be a pretty good mashup here. Cause you get that on one side and then you also get the fact they've been blowing out bad teams for multiple weeks in a row. Now um, you know, the commanders were embarrassed. So that's a spot where I want to take them. I it's not very, I don't really necessarily love it. I'd honestly, I wish I could have found, found some stats to put me on the Cowboys side, just because they are the much more fun team to watch. And if they cover 11 points, then it was probably a good game by them. But, Commanders plus eleven, definitely locking in as one of my five. We currently have fifty-three percent of tickets on the Cowboys and sixty-six percent of the money. That gives you a nineteen percent lean. So we also have some pro money coming in on the commanders as well.
0: You said sixty-six percent of the money on Washington.
1: On Washington,
0: yep. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't clear at the end there, but uh yeah, so that's that's surprising because the stat you gave before we began the Detroit game would suggest that Dallas should be covering a lot of these spreads, but they must have been basically all of those losses because I imagine they are favored in most of their games. They're playing at home. Uh, I mean, they've been pretty good at least the past five to ten years. I did see some stats about Dak Prescott struggling to cover on Thanksgiving for whatever reason. He's been, uh, I think he's one in five ATS so far in his career. So that would uh, that trend would keep me off the Cowboys. Otherwise, I think if this was just a 12 p.m. game on Sunday, I'd be all over it. Uh, we've had very much we've had a lot of success just similar to uh, the the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins very similar in this respect they blow out bad teams at home. Uh, you want to just go ahead and eat the number and watch them go especially after the commanders got embarrassed by the Giants last week but yeah those they, those Thanksgiving trends are hard to overlook so I'll stay away. I'll instead uh, include them in my teaser again later on. I will get to that after we uh, wrap up. Uh, the last game here, San Francisco at Seattle. 49ers, seven-point favorites on the road in Seattle. Over-under is 43. Man, I really want to be on the Niners in this one, but that is a huge number on the road in the divisional game. Uh, where do you lean here? I
1: tend to agree with you, and obviously the Thanksgiving trend that I gave of 24-1 and one straight up as a road favorite, 19-6 and six against the spread, would make you believe that, uh, you should be on the Niners as well. One of my things with the Niners also is I don't really know how healthy Geno Smith's shoulders are going to be coming off of you know a short week. He obviously injured that in the game last week against the Rams. Got a little Drew Locke siding uh, for a couple of drives, which is always nice to Yikes. see. Um, but yeah, I, I would be on the 49ers side with you. I'm just going to stay away from this one because I don't like giving away touchdowns in divisional matchups and typically the way things have gone in the NFC West as of late is McVay beats Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll beats Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan beats Sean McVay, and then all of them beat the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> it has been <laughs> the, the trends for the NFC West. So with that being the case, I'm just going to stay away from it. Um, another one I don't mind, the, over, the under of 43. It's going to be a Thursday night game. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily – Considered prime time, I guess maybe it would Thursday Night Football, but uh, wouldn't mind hitting that under. But other than that, trying to stay away from it. I was curious, though, just because I don't remember, do we normally get three divisional games on Thanksgiving?
0: I don't think it's always divisional. Uh, but yeah. I feel like Dallas is – I remember they played the Raiders a couple of years ago. So I guess it just kind of depends yep. on the scheduling. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it has – any rhyme or reason necessarily. It's pretty cool.
1: I like, I don't mind all these games are going to be interesting from one way or another. So I, I kind of like them all being divisional matchups.
0: Similarly to the uh, Detroit game. I like, you know, I would lean down San Francisco minus seven. It's a big number, but the fact that it hasn't come down tells me the books just don't think, like you said, that Geno Smith's going to be fully healthy in this one. This one uh, before the Geno Smith injury was four, four and a half in favor of the Niners got all the way up to seven. Then I thought when Geno Smith was, I guess Pete Carroll gave a positive report. I don't know if he's been officially ruled in at this point. It's still somewhat early in the week, but uh, the books just didn't adjust. So either they just don't believe Geno's going to be healthy or they believe he's not going to play this game uh, because the number clearly, uh, it fluctuated pretty heavily after that news. Instead of playing the seven though, we're just going to tease it down. Like you said, 24 and one straight up as a road favorite. Let's just tease it down to one and take the Niners to win this game. My Thanksgiving Day teaser is all the favorites. We're going to take Detroit minus one and a half, Dallas minus five and San Francisco minus one. Uh, Like you said, chalk on Thanksgiving is the way to go. And then what's the way to get around Dallas not covering? Let's just take a touchdown off of their total. And, uh, you know, they they, they, can, we can both be happy here. Dallas wins by seven. Cody covers and I win my teaser. So uh, let's just get there uh, with the Cowboys. I think, uh, yeah, from a purely football perspective that the Cowboys should destroy the commanders, but hopefully Cody gets in the back door with that cover.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, I we there has been some more money coming in on the Niners because six and a half was available at two sports sportsbooks uh, before I went to volleyball. So within the past two and a half hours, there's been a little bit more money coming in on yeah. the Niners to push it up to seven across the board. Uh, 80% of bets on the Niners, 82% of the money. So a little bit of a public play if you do play it, but it seems like the pros are also with you. And then the trends are with you as well.
0: Yeah, like you said, those trends really give me some confidence uh, in taking the Niners minus one, especially. Uh, And if you want to bet the game straight up, I would still lean that way. But I'd probably rather play the under if I'm going to bet the game straight up like Cody uh, suggested. Our Black Friday game, first edition of a Black Friday game for the NFL. Miami Dolphins minus 10 at the Tim Boyle-led New York Jets. Over-unders 41. I... uh, That's, again, a huge number on the road for a divisional game. Uh, Really hard to back uh, Tim Boyle and the Jets. Hard to suggest taking the Miami Dolphins on the road against a good defense. Again, we like to back the Dolphins at home, even in big spreads, against bad teams. But we fade them on the road against good defenses. That would be this situation. I think I'm looking at that over-under 41, smashing the under here. Uh, Again, I don't know if this counts as prime time. Uh, but it is a standalone game. Uh so I'm gonna say it's close enough and a game with Tim Boyle on one side and improved Miami defense and a banged up Miami offense on the other side against a good Jets D. I think that over under is much too high. I think it probably comes down before Friday too. So I would lock it in at under forty one. Yeah,
1: I like that. Is that uh I'm tempted. I, I'm best tempted. Best
0: I I might get there by the end of the pot. I'll I'll uh okay. I'll, I gotta sit on it a little bit. I I'm surprised it was at forty one. I thought uh I guess I just hadn't noticed that one coming in, but that I really like that number. I I may get there.
1: Yeah. No. I I don't blame you. Uh, it's supposed to be a little bit windy. Luckily, no crazy precipitation or anything like that. If you're gonna back the Dolphins, um but i'm i'm right there with you i mean if i'm looking at this i would just bet the dolphins blindly because they are the much better team but these are this is typically when vegas finds a way to win you know this is why vegas wins as much as they do is weird things like this happen uh you would think you know the dolphins should have no problem covering that against how bad how bad of a jets team we just seen play but it's at home we get tua in you know a little bit of uncomfortable weather so I would stay away, but I also love the under. Honestly, if we go through these games, I may consider that under as one of mine as well because 41 is just wild to me. I don't know where they think. If it's 41, so that means they're giving the Jets about 14 points, 15 points worth of uh, just on their side Um, alone. Yeah,
0: 15 and a half. It would be 25 and a half to 15 and a half. Yeah, I'd take the under on that team total for sure.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, and I don't see Miami just having a nuclear game, especially with those cornerbacks. That's one thing that um, I noticed both Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs didn't have the best days against him, but they were locked up all that. day long. It was... Um, it was very, very impressive. So, there's a chance. I mean, Tyreek's Tyreek. I'm sure he's going to find a way to get free at some point, but Jalen Waddle's probably a little risky. I, yeah, I could see the Jets covering and the under hitting, and you know, a lot of people are going to be upset about that at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. If you're Miami, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to risk having those corners, you know, make a game altering play, maybe a pick six, uh, you know, if you're lucky. So, I think if you're Miami, you just run the ball against the Jets defense that's actually struggled to stop the run uh, so far this year. And, you know, play it safe because Tim Boyle's not going to – probably not going to beat you on the other side, especially because this Miami defense, since it got back, it's playmakers, especially Jalen Ramsey. It's actually looked really good the past couple weeks. Might be rounding into the uh, above-average unit we expected it to be when the year started. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump to the Sunday slate here. Uh, I have the I have some uh, kind of throwaway games at the start here. Uh, we'll we'll try to run through these real quick because I personally don't have a strong opinion about basically any of them. Cody, uh, change my mind if you feel the need to do so. But Saints minus one at the Falcons over unders forty one and a half. This one feels like a pretty classic pickem. I'd probably just take the point on the side of the Falcons at home, but. Uh, I don't have a ton of conviction and one point's not quite enough to sway me uh towards the Falcons here. So I'd probably just stay away.
1: Yep. Don't hate that at all. I, uh, obviously we'll, we'll revisit some of these when we get into our best bets. I don't foresee this one being in mine. Um, you get Desmond Ritter against New Orleans defense and I, I don't trust that at all. And then on the other no. side, you either get Derek Carr or Jameis Winston. We still don't know yet. So as we say here today, this is a stay away. Um, if you want some action on the game under 41 and a half is where you want to put your action.
0: No Marshawn Lattimore for the saints. So that could help you if you want to back Atlanta here, but, um, yeah, That's, still, I think pretty big. I think this is a very classic coin flip game, and I uh, I don't want any part of it unless the line moves substantially one way or the other. Pittsburgh minus one at Cincinnati, over-under a juicy 34.5 in this one. Uh, I think I'm leaning under <laughs> here. Uh, we've had a lot of success with these low-unders. Uh, there's a reason that they are this low. Vegas is begging you to take the over here. I don't think I would take the bait. There's um, I don't have the stat in front of me, but there's a, there's a trend of backup quarterbacks having – success against the spread in their first start. I want to be on the Steelers from a from a football perspective, but that kind of scares me off of it. I also don't know why this number is only minus one. I feel like Vegas is, you know, they're trying to get you to bet the Steelers here because you would expect this to be closer to three, three and a half uh, with Jake Browning, uh, you know, manning this Bengals team. So I think I'm staying away, playing the under uh, potentially, but mostly another game. I just, uh, I don't want a lot of pieces of.
1: Yep, I don't mind the under either. Honestly, I've been kind of scared off of some of these lower over unders. I don't have enough of them in my best bets over the past few weeks, and they are just hitting. I mean, yeah, any are. any Cleveland successful. low over under is hitting. Any Pittsburgh low over under is hitting. So, yeah, I I don't mind. I don't that that's in strong consideration for one of my five. Also, if you do want to back Pittsburgh, you're never going to get a post coach firing bump because there's no way they'd fire Mike Tomlin in the middle of a season, but getting rid of Matt Canada is probably as close as you're going to get. So there is a chance that this offense maybe has a little bit of a spark. I don't know if you saw this. It was a pretty viral video that went around. I want to say a couple of weeks ago, but, Yes. Yeah. Matt Canada (laughs) was like celebrating the win in the locker room with the guys. And then Chris Boswell goes, not because of you. (laughs) You're not the reason we won. Like, dang, man, that's crazy. So I think there had to be a little bit of animosity on the team side with them as well, just based on those comments. So with that being the case, like I said, there could be a little bit of a post firing bump for the Pittsburgh offense. So, yeah, I don't mind them at minus one. I'll probably see if I can find some stats to help me back that because. Tomlin, as a road favorite, I'm sure does not have a very great record in his career. Yeah,
0: yeah I, uh, I liked it a lot more when they were plus one. Uh, there's a lot of trends that point to a team oh, yeah. opening, as, uh, opening as a dog and ending the week as a favorite. Uh, that does not usually go well for those teams either. So that's another stat that kind of scares me off back in the Steelers squad right now. We'll revisit this one on uh, either Friday or Saturday, Carolina at Tennessee, Tennessee, three and a half point favorites at home over unders 36 and a half. Another game. I feel like I should be on the Panthers. I don't know who will Levis is to be getting three and a half points, but I have been burned by the Panthers too many times to recommend them again. So a game I may take the under on, but I am probably just staying away from this one as well.
1: Yeah, that sucks. Well, literally, one of my notes for the Carolina Dallas game from last week was Carolina is off my betting board, and I yeah, just immediately want to slam the plus three and a half right now. I know, uh, but it's, I'm, it's the right side. I'm staying away from it. I'm not. I'm not losing any more Carolina bets, but I don't necessarily mind it. They're both pretty bad teams at this point in the season. Um, and again, as we've stated, Carolina still has something to play for because they don't have their first their first round pick, but. They are so bad. You just don't even do it. I don't mind the the under 36 and a half. Like Nick had said, a lot of unders were recommending, but these have been some pretty stinky games we've talked about so far. So uh, I'm going to stay away from that one. If If I even try to do Carolina plus three and a half, you are responsible for telling. Yeah, me. I, I I got have to you. No problem.
0: One. Don't you worry. I've lost enough money on Carolina so far this year. Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. Indy favored by two and a half points at home here. Over unders forty three and a half. Uh, this is a game I may lean over. Indy has been very successful uh, hitting unders at or excuse me hitting overs at home so far this year. Uh, I famously uh, bet a, an under with them in Cleveland at 39. The game ended 39-38. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Indy likes to play fast, and this is a game I think both defenses may be slightly overrated. I don't know if you just saw, did you see Shaquille Leonard got waived by the Colts today? Absolutely incredible how far he has fallen.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I guess he was down to being basically a bit player. I didn't realize this, but he, uh, for what I guess his play had just Really uh, really declined since the the injuries he sustained the past couple of years, and he was waived by the Colts uh, today. So, yeah, I think both these defenses could struggle. Uh, Tampa Bay lost a lot of pieces uh, against these 49ers last week. Carlton Davis, Levante David, and another one I'm forgetting right now, but could be a lot of points scored in this one. I don't have a ton of confidence backing a side on the line. I'd probably just play the over.
1: Uh, don't mind it at all. I actually like the over that Indies had a pretty good offense and a pretty bad defense just about all season. So it's a yep. it's a pretty easy over spot. Uh, you know you got to have Baker and Tampa Bay come through, but they even they should be able to score on this Indianapolis defense. Um, yeah, that's crazy about Shaq Leonard. Honestly, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Stephon Gilmore. I feel like he had he was just incredible with during his stint with New England, and then when he left, like he was just a very average cornerback there going forward. So obviously, Shaq Leonard didn't leave the Colts, but kind of surprising to hear that he would have gotten waived. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I don't mind the over, and yeah, I'm not betting either side of this because I don't. I, I mean. Two iffy quarterbacks. I don't love betting on Baker, and I'm not going to love betting on Gardner Minshew. And uh, I don't have a good coaching advantage on either side. Honestly, well, maybe on the Colts side, but it's not enough for me to trust Minshew. Um, Yeah, over over 43.5,
0: though, I think is a pretty good bet. New England, three-point favorites for some reason on the road against the Tommy Danny, DeBito-led New York Giants over-under another very juicy 33-and-a-half in this one. Uh, I have a pretty strong lean here, Cody. Uh, I want to hear where you are on this game uh, before I uh, I give my my side, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be on the same side as me. I, I don't understand this line at all.
1: Oh, man. Um I I don't want to bet this game because I think oh. that we would be on opposite sides of it. My initial, my yeah, my initial uh, thought would be give me Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback who's not even that good of a rookie quarterback. But but like I have said about Carolina and that I'm not wasting money on them anymore. I am not wasting money on this New England team anymore. They have bitten me a couple times this season in spots where you should want to take them. Uh, so I'm not I am not going to bet on this game but let me hear why you want to you want to eat some slop this weekend
0: yeah give me Giants plus three if it holds at three this will definitely be in my five um, yeah I, I, we we've given this stat out a few times but dogs in low total games this is certainly a low total game at 33 and a half you want to take especially dogs that are three and above very successful at covering the spread for obvious reasons. If there's not a lot of points scored and you start out with three points on your side, you're going to have a better chance of uh, covering that spread than the other teams will. Uh, But yeah, I just don't think, um, you know, say what you will about Tommy DeVito. He played the game of his life last week. I'm not saying he's going to come out and light the world on fire, but uh, I don't know if Mac Jones is that much better than him at this point. I think the giants actually have some more talented pieces on their defense. Uh, New England has just been ravaged by injuries, and that Bill Belichick shine has really just worn off, especially this year. I don't really have that much. You know, I'm not scared to bet against Belichick in this spot like I normally would be. So, if I'm getting the whole field goal here, this is just a no-brainer. It's just a spot play. Uh, it's too many points. The Patriots do not deserve to be catching a field goal on the road against anybody, even the Giants.
1: Yeah, I and honestly, you could just be getting. Vegas knows that people are going to get suckered into New England because this would technically be a fade spot for the Giants coming off of what is a pretty big win last week, considering where they're at
0: in their season. So, I uh, I don't know. I think Vegas is just not caught up. They, I feel like they just, they are, they are backing that Belichick Kool Aid. And they, I don't know. I, I, we've, we have been pretty successful going against them so far this year. I'll, I'll continue to do it.
1: Yeah, like I said, I don't hate it. I, I am one of the suckers that just keep thinking that Belichick is worth the points that Vegas keeps getting him, giving him, and it has not panned out, so I don't blame you. Like I said, if you're going to be on a side, take the Giants, because New England has cost me probably three or four wins throughout this season.
0: Yeah, this is just like that play we made earlier in the year against the Jets. Uh, even though the Giants ended up pushing that game, taking the Giants plus three in that game was the right move. It was a 31.5-point total, ended 13-10. Even though we got absolutely screwed over in that game, uh, we still pushed. So you're going to have, you know, even if New England wins this game, I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to be more by more than three. Jacksonville, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Houston, over under 48.5. This should be uh, a fun one, maybe the best game on the slate. Uh, I have a side in this one as well, and I am finally going to back my boy CJ Stroud instead of fade him, like Houston plus one and a half. But uh, let me know what you think.
1: Yep. If you if you're ever going to uh, back CJ Stroud at home as an underdog, is the place to do it. His yep. Home road splits this season are at least something to be not necessarily concerned about if you're a Houston fan, but if you're a better, something you want to take a look at. He is phenomenal at home this season. Last week was a little bit iffy, but you know, you're know you going to have up and down games in the NFL. Um, I didn't have necessarily as strong of a lean as you did, so I'm actually going to kick it back to you. Why do you love Houston plus one and a half this week?
0: Uh, There's been a pretty strong trend uh, building here with CJ. Uh, He has covered every game he's been a dog in uh, since his first start. So his first start, he loses by 16 on the road against Baltimore. Pretty pretty forgivable, in my opinion, uh, in your first NFL start to lose to what has turned out to be one of the best defenses in the NFL on the road. Uh, He has covered every single game he's been a dog since. I believe it is five and one now. Uh, And he gets, like you said, and he gets the home trend on his side as well. I just don't know. uh, I just don't think this Jacksonville team deserves to be getting a point and a half on the road here. They've been a team that's been able to beat up on bad teams and win some close games against the middle, uh, you know, the middle of the pack, but they've struggled when they have played the upper echelon and they struggled against Houston themselves earlier this year at home. So uh, I'm surprised that Jacksonville's getting a point and a half. I'd probably try to lock this one in now because I could see Houston being, you know, a point favorite by the time, uh, this rolls around on Friday or Saturday and I'd probably be off it then. Uh, but if I'm getting Houston plus one and a half, I, uh, I will absolutely lock this in on, on Friday or Saturday. This, this and the Giants bet will certainly be in there. Cody, you might be muted.
1: Sorry about that. 46% (laughs) of the bets are on the Texans. 87% of the money is on the Texans. A 41% lean for the Texans. So this is a huge pros Joe's matchup uh, and Houston would be the side that you want to be on. So uh, for all the reasons, Nick just said that and the pros are also Houston is the right bet. But like we said with uh, Pittsburgh, if they end up flipping to being a one point favorite, that is not the spot where you want to take them. So grab them as as you can as an underdog, because that is when you want to back them.
0: Cleveland at Denver. My Broncos favored by two and a half points at home here. Over-under is 35. I want to be on Denver here, Cody. It's a rookie quarterback. uh, Not a highly drafted one at that. On the road in his third career starts uh, under a field goal uh, for the Broncos. A lot of betting trends would suggest you take them in this spot, but This is not a good matchup for my Broncos. scares me off of it from the line perspective. I think if it got up to three, I'd be on the Browns here. Uh, Probably just going to stay away if it stays under that, though. I think I'd lean towards the under 35, though, if I had to make a bet on this game.
1: Yeah, the under is the right play for sure. I also wanted to be on Denver minus two and a half. I still kind of want to be on Denver minus two and a half just because I think if they can find a way to get to – 14, 17 points. They're probably going to cover minus two and a half against this Cleveland offense. Um, but let me talk I, you out of that. Miles Garrett.
0: So yeah, here's, okay. here's the Let's problem. Hear. Here's the problem. So Cleveland, one thing they do well on offense, regardless of who's under center is run the ball. We saw last week with Denver against Minnesota, they cannot defend yeah, the run at all. Uh, And I I don't know why Stefanski wouldn't lead into that. He's one of the best run schemers in the league. And uh, this just feels like a Denver team that just does not match up well with this Cleveland Browns uh, unit because their defense, I think their defense is the best of the four units on the field uh, in this game. uh, As far as the Denver offense, Denver defense, Cleveland offense, Cleveland defense. I think the Cleveland defense is the biggest difference maker here. And I could see Russ and co kind of struggling here. They've been living off the back of turnovers, the past three or four weeks, they've been getting a ton of them and banking points because of it. But uh, they didn't really have much success moving the ball against the Vikings defense. They they just really benefited from positive field position. So if that's not, you know, I, I think they could similarly have that happen here against the Browns. And if they don't get the turnovers, which are, again, kind of fluky to bet on game to game, it could be a real struggle for them. So. I think I'd lean Cleveland, uh, hoping it gets up to three. Uh, I would probably be in my best bets if it does, but right now I'm just I'm going to lean under 35. Again, here uh, another one that's low, but I think uh, it's low for a reason. It, it, like you said, DTR not going to light up the scoreboard, and my Broncos bad matchup for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right now, sixty-four percent of tickets coming in on the Browns, fifty-three percent of the money on the Broncos, so a seventeen percent lean on the Broncos side. But, um, with I can see it. With, with that even being said, I I I don't I don't love it enough to make it one of my five for sure. Um, I did want to did want to just get your opinion on this. Uh, any thoughts on the Kareem Jackson four game suspension? Um on his hit on Josh Dobbs.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not, he doesn't learn. He deserved a four game suspension. He probably deserved to be suspended for the rest of the year or however long that they can suspend yeah. him. Um, yeah. I mean, it was the first, his literal first play, or I guess not the, is the third play first of the drive. Game. Yeah. Third play of the game. He's on the field. He absolutely comes in, leads with his head, launches himself at Dobbs. Uh, luckily doesn't make contact with Dobbs's helmet, but um, yeah, I mean, Horrible play and it's the same exact thing he's been suspended for a couple times before. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I think it'd be, I think he's got one more strike and then he might, uh, he might be looking at a Bontes perfect situation and he absolutely deserves it. He's gotta, he's gotta be better.
1: Yeah, I do have I meant to mention this when we were going over Sunday night football. So this is a little bit late to go talk about this, but I've never seen a quarterback run as much as Josh Dobbs around in the backfield and no holding penalties get called. That was my biggest frustration watching Sunday night football was you're going to tell me there was no one holding the entire game on that offensive line while he's running left, running right, spinning around doing this. I was like, come on. Obviously had the under, so I didn't want points to be scored, but I was just like, I was like, come on, man. Like you're telling me this dude's just doing everything and there's no holding plays, the no holding calls the entire freaking game. But yeah. again, that was just a personal gripe. My under hit, so I shouldn't complain,
0: but. It depends on like, the crew with holdings. It's, it's such an ambiguous penalty. I've, I've, I don't know if you if you've been a listener to this podcast for any amount of time, I've, uh, I've given my thoughts on the holding penalty in the NFL in general and how I believe it needs to be altered, but uh yeah i you know it, it's one of those things where i i don't even get surprised by it anymore so um yeah definitely frustrating there was probably holding to be called but i will say that the vikings o-line is one of the best in the league and our pass rush is middle of the pack to below that so that could that could have also had something to do with it but uh sure. rams minus one at the cardinals over under 44 and a half Sneakily entertaining game here, potentially. Uh, Looking at it from a betting perspective, I think Arizona is the play uh, at plus one. I just don't see a ton of separation from these teams. The problem is that the Rams and McVay have owned the Arizona Cardinals while he has been their head coach. Uh, So that kind of scares me off of playing the Cardinals at only plus one. I think I'd be just staying away from this game. And uh, there, there are other games I like a lot more.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, a maybe next to Arizona plus one. I don't okay. hate him in this spot. Um, a lot of McVeigh's wins against the Cardinals were against Cliff Kingsbury who' that's true. Has obviously been proven not to be a very good NFL coach. So I do think that there's a chance Jonathan Gannon is just overall a lot better than he is. obviously Kyler Murray being back. The Cooper Cup injury is also something that's you know probably gonna factor into this a little bit. Sure. Um so again we're going to put a little a maybe next to it. I'm not really that strongly on the Cardinals right now, but could see myself taking them plus 1. Uh they are one of the biggest uh pros joes matchups of the week. The Cardinals 59% of tickets, 82% of the money. So bunch of money coming in on the Cardinals this week. Um I, again, I don't have a lot of reasons, Before for when I look at this, I want to take, I want to think that the Rams should be able to beat them, but you know, well, like I said, we'll kind of see, we'll see, we'll listen to some podcasts, look up some stats, see if we can find a way to uh, see where all this money is coming in on Arizona.
0: Yeah. I hope the uh, hope the line movement tells me where to go with this one, but I, I just, there are other games I actually like quite a bit uh, and this one's just not really yeah. sticking out to me right now. Uh, Chiefs minus nine at the Las Vegas Raiders over under forty three. Cody, uh, real quick temperature check. How are we feeling about our Kansas City Chiefs after that tough loss last night?
1: Uh, like their hands.
0: We're feeling a little bit cold. It's uh, <laughs> it's rough. But so I-, I wanna I wanna I wanna address. So I, I know I've everything I've listened to today has just been oh man the Chiefs receivers so horrible they're dropping everything this and that and it's true. Uh, one, I don't know how anybody's surprised by this. Came into the league, we came came into the year. We said this is one of the worst wide receiver cores in the league. It's been exactly that. Don't know why anybody's surprised by that. Kelsey's only getting older. Looks like he's been playing through some injuries this year as well, just based on how he's looked out there. Not really looking quite as explosive as he normally does. But I think Mahomes is part of this problem as well. Uh, Not that this is necessarily prescriptive moving forward. He is the best quarterback in the league. He could snap out of at any time, but... Look at uh, you looking at his numbers across the board. He is having the worst year of his career. It's not even close. Uh, Obviously, the drops aren't helping, but some of this is on him. Uh, I mean, you can't average under five yards an attempt against that Philadelphia secondary, in my opinion. Obviously, obviously, again, drops didn't help, but there was plenty of times where he missed Travis Kelsey in one instance on a third down throw when he was wide open in the middle. Uh, he had a couple. Were just Aaron throws you just do not see him have uh, in a general sense. So, has, has there been any doubt creeping in about Mahomes, or is that uh, is that just me?
1: Um, I yeah, I mean the the mainstream media and all the Kansas City. I don't no, to one, cuss, mentions so that, no one mentions it. I'm not going to say that, but they 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 all are putting everything on the wide receivers. But I mean, I I don't I understand where you're coming from. I mean, this is the same also, group though.
0: It's it's just yeah. it's just minus Smith, well, okay, schuster so plus is, Rasheed Rice. Like it's not that much different. I was I
1: was talking cause like at volleyball today. We just talked a little bit about the game and you know this and that. And I was like, I mean, you know, you could put responsibility on the receivers. You could put it a little bit on Mahomes. You know, this and that. But like honestly, like we're gonna look back in probably three to four years, and if we have a hiccup as the Chiefs because we can't draft wide receivers. Drafting Sky Moore in the early second round is going to be a really bad look on Brett Veach. I mean, Sky Moore has been absolutely nothing since we drafted him coming into it. Any season where you're relying on MVS to be your third receiving option, not the way you should really want to build your receiving core. I mean, it was really just, Hey, last year, we were able to do it with Kelsey and Juju. Hopefully one of these guys can step up and be as good of a possession receiver as Juju was. And None of them are. So and also on your point about Mahomes, when it's wet and it's rainy and it's cold and everything, like you can't throw fastballs all day. Like it's gonna be hard to catch the football in those conditions anyway. You can't be putting rockets into people's hands. Like that that's just the way it is. You look at some of the throws Jalen Hurts made, he wasn't beaming them at people. He was layering them over the defense. He was kind of lobbing them. Not a lob, but just it felt like he had a little bit more touch on his ball. Whereas Mahomes and like he's gotten away with it so much in his career, but it just seemed like he was rocketing balls. And it's like, dude, like I understand the receivers got to try and got to catch those, but like, it's tough. I mean, that's like when it's cold, your hands are cold, the ball's hard, and it's wet. Like you gotta you gotta put a little bit more touch on them, in my opinion. He made a really bad, you know, red zone turnover. Obviously, the MVS drops the biggest thing people are talking about. But yeah, it just overall has not looked good. We are as as the Chiefs, we are the best first half team in the NFL and the worst second-half team in the NFL. So I think yeah, we Yeah, a big problem. We, I can't remember what it is, but I know – I believe over the, this game we didn't score anything in the second half. I think there's a chance we didn't score anything in the game before in the second half. It's just been nothing in the entire second half. So that's just – it's big adjustments that got to be made. Um, and honestly, for that reason, like if you're betting this game, just take Las Vegas plus the points – it's a divisional matchup. You get a home underdog, and like I said, the Chiefs' offense has not been blowing people out. So if you if you want what I think is a really good bet, I would take Las Vegas plus nine. Now, my philosophy is I don't like to bet for or against the Chiefs because I don't like my fandom also writing into my best bets, whereas if the Chiefs win by 14, I'm a little upset because I took Vegas, but I think Vegas is the smart bet here.
0: Yeah, to your point about the chief struggles in the second half. Guess how many second half touchdowns they have had this year. Total.
1: Uh, I, that would I be would ten games.
0: Say two. It's four, four second half four. touchdowns. But just think about how that's probably a little bit of is. recency bias. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is. Yeah, been, it's, been mean, it's been a struggle strange for a, a team with such a good coach and such a good quarterback you'd figure that they would make adjustments and be better in the second half of games but it just has not been the case so far uh yeah I, I yeah I just I think Mahomes has kind he's he's been good about taking culpability but uh, himself obviously I just think uh, the media is kind of overlooking the fact that he is not playing his best ball right now uh, back to the game though Chiefs favored by nine points on the road against the Raiders over unders 43. Do not have a strong lean here. I want to be on the Chiefs after their demoralizing loss to the Eagles at home. Seems like this is a spot where they bounce back, but Mahomes really struggles to cover big numbers. They always let teams kind of hang around, especially in division. Uh, It's just like just trends kind of pulling me one way, pulling me the other. Another game where I have options that I prefer, so I would probably just stay away. But uh, do you feel differently? Nope,
1: not at all. Like I said, if I was going to if I was going to bet it or wanted to bet it, I would take Las Vegas plus the points. But um, if the chiefs win by 14, 21 points, I'm not going to come up on this podcast and act like I'm upset because I lost my bet. So I'm just going to stay away from this one completely. Um, I, and I don't necessarily love the over under either because like you said, this could be a, the chiefs try and get it back on the tracks after a relatively embarrassing loss to Philadelphia or, these struggles could continue. I mean, this could be a game where 30 something points are scored in the first half and the under has a chance to hit based on the trends we're seeing with the chiefs right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you were, if you were going one way or the other with this over under, I think you gotta lean under the chiefs have not hit an over since October 1st against the New York jets uh, on Sunday night football in week four. So uh, yeah, this defense is just – I don't think the public has really caught up to how good this defense is. And on the other side, Antonio Pierce wants to play ground-and-pound football. The clock's going to be moving. The defense is playing a little harder under him. They don't really have the horses necessarily. But, um, yeah, I think I'd lean under. Again, not not a game I'm really looking towards, though. Uh, Bills at Eagles. Uh, only three points in favor of the Eagles right now. Another very confusing line to me. Over-under is 48-and-a-half. Might be a little chalky, but I, I don't know how you don't just lean Eagles here, especially if it stays at three. Gets to the three in the hook, Uh, you know, I'd consider moving off of it, but might have a hard time not having this in my five if it stays at three for the Eagles at home.
1: Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm probably just going to stay away from this one as well. I actually don't necessarily hate Buffalo. I think this could just be another game where they really? – Again, they're a little bit of a roller coaster, and they they find ways to just kind of shock the betting world whenever you think you have an easy side. So uh, I was actually going to look something up here, which is probably going to be a little bit surprising, but let's hear a little bit more about why you like the Eagles. I just, the I just feel I, like I'll, I'll if, the,
0: if the Bills are going to win this game uh, or even keep it, to the point where it'd be under three uh, on the losing end, I just feel like Josh Allen has to has to play perfect ball. Because he is the only thing that I think you look across both, you know, both sides of the ball here. Uh, I think I'd take the Eagles defense. I'd take most of the personnel on the Eagles side of the offense. Uh, you know, you could argue Allen over Hurts if you want, but I think it's pretty close. And then I think the Eagles have the better O line, the better running game, they have the better receiving core, better defensive line. Uh, secondary on both sides is pretty shaky, um, so I mean there's just a lot of things pointing to the Eagles here. Again, if you think Josh Allen is just going to come out and have his way with this Eagles secondary, uh, that's you know that is what it is. But I think they could put some pressure on him. I think they could first force a couple turnovers. And although the Bills offense could have some success, I think the Eagles offense is just going to run over this Bills team that's been decimated by injuries. So uh, I yeah I I, I like the Eagles. I, I think I thought this line would be closer to five or six to be honest.
1: Yeah, and that's honestly probably Vegas just giving respect to Buffalo. Buffalo yeah, is probably the square bet here because. This, see, this I feels mean, like.
0: It's only three. This would have been the line when the year started. Like, the, this is like. The, the, I feel like when the year began, Buffalo had all their pieces. They were one of the Super Bowl contenders. Philadelphia, obviously, coming off of the incredible year they had last year. I feel like they would have probably been about three point favorites, and that would be fair at that point. But now that Buffalo is where it is. Just, I mean, I just, I just don't know if they have the horses. I like Josh Allen, but this is, this is not, this is not a lot of respect being shown to this Eagles team. That's again, what are they? The last two years with Jalen Hurts starting, they're like 24 and two or something. I think they've lost like literally two games. So, uh, yeah, I, I would just, I just take the, take the Eagles here and not think about it.
1: Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I do want to just throw out. So a couple of weeks ago, I threw out the Lions to be the first place in the NFC at like plus four forty. Obviously, that one's a little bit in jeopardy because Philadelphia just keeps winning ball games. But um, right now, if you are a little risky, you could bet the Buffalo Bills at plus twenty eight hundred or twenty eight to one to win the Super Bowl. If they lose this game, I think the odds obviously get a little bit better because their playoff spot gets a little bit worse. But if they find a way to win this, those odds are going to shoot back up, maybe even almost cut in half. So if you are someone who wants to back this Buffalo team, not only in this game, but for the rest of the season, I don't mind taking them at plus 2,800. I mean, you know, you got – after them, you got like the Browns. They're not winning the Super Bowl. You got the Seahawks. They're not winning the Super Bowl. They're they're the longest odd team that I can see being able to actually make a run. So plus yeah, twenty eight hundred. Just want to throw it out there.
0: The biggest problem the Bills have is their upcoming schedule is terrible. Uh, obviously, they play yeah. the Eagles this week on the road. They go to a bye. Then they go to your Kansas City Chiefs in their next game. Then they play Dallas at home. At the Chargers after that, not a cakewalk game versus New England should be a win. Then at Miami to end the year, so uh, I don't think I think they're going to have to get to ten wins, which means they can only lose two of those ball games. It's going to be tough for them, uh, but I, I don't mind yep. twenty eight to one. I mean, yeah, you might as well sprinkle sprinkle some on that if they get in the get in the dance, they have a chance. Uh, Ooh, for sure, that's a nice little rhyme. Uh, Baltimore, absolutely minus three and a half point favorites on the road against the Chargers over unders forty seven. Uh, Again, another game I don't have a strong lean on. I think the Chargers are probably the play from a betting perspective. But if you want to go ahead and take Brandon Staley uh, against John Harbaugh and uh, Lamar Jackson, be my guest. But I'm not going to do it unless this number creeps towards the Ravens. It's actually been going towards the Chargers. It opened, uh, I saw it at fours and four and a half. It's down to three and a half. So clearly the, uh, the Sharps are on the Chargers here, but I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I am not going to be betting on the Chargers at all, um, either. I will probably try and avoid their the rest of their games this season because I cannot trust them to cover as a favorite and honestly don't really trust them to cover at three and a half. If, if this was maybe a little bit more, I would consider yeah. it. But they are they're rough. I mean,
0: if it got to four I, or five, I, I would consider the chargers. Cause they just, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. They just love to play close games, even against good teams. Like, like we saw them go toe to toe with the lions three point game, uh, early in the year, toe to toe with the dolphins lost by two. Um, I think the chiefs game was maybe the outlier. They lost by two touchdowns, I believe, but it was a seven point game late into it. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think if it creeps up a little bit, I'd consider it, but, uh, there are other games I have strong leans on like the Philly game. We just talked about. I, I can't see this making it sit way into my five.
1: Yeah. Maybe the under. I can't believe they principle. lost to the Packers. I mean, I just, I, that, I can't get that out of my head that they lost to green Bay. I know it was in green Bay and you know, things happen in the NFL, but Quentin Johnson Quentin drop
0: send a bouquet of flowers to Marquez Valdez Scantling because he just completely <laughs> took all of the heat on Monday morning off of him. Uh, or I guess Tuesday yes, morning did. now, uh, because that would have been the biggest storyline in my opinion, as far as, you know, biggest blunders of the week goes, but now everybody's just talking about that MBS drop.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Chicago at Minnesota on Monday night, our last game of the day. Vikings favored by three and a half points here, over under 43. Um, Another game, I know I've said this a lot so far, I don't have a ton of interest in. I think I'm leaning bears if I'm leaning one way or the other, especially if you get that hook. Uh, This is obviously a team that, Having Justin Fields makes them in play in basically any game, especially one where they're getting three and a half points, but hard for me to trust uh, a Bears team on the road in basically any situation. Uh, So tell me where you, uh, where, where are you at with this one?
1: Yeah, come come Monday night, I will probably have a Chicago Bears money line with the over of 43 as a little parlay to watch the game with. I I love Chicago in this spot. I think that really? they have a okay. good chance okay. to. I it it will not be in my best bets because I'm not I honestly I don't like I just I cannot trust them to fully close out the game, so I'm not going to include them as one of my five, but as just like I I see Chicago winning this ball game. This is going to be a like if Josh Dobbs can do half of what he did against Denver again, I will be surprised. I mean, he is out here looking incredible. Um, I know they ended up losing. So his trends of losing after winning one big game with a team kind of continues. But I, I just, I'm not going to trust Josh Dobbs at all. I mean, Justin Fields is by far the superior talent, like I said, I mean, there is a chance that Minnesota's offensive line is just that good. It could have been the refs that were calling that game, but there's no shot that he's running around all day again and just getting away with it um, for the entire night. So I I don't, again, I don't know why I may be a little sleep deprived, but I love Chicago <laughs> money line in this one. Um, I, and then again, I'll probably parlay that with over 43 because I see a couple of touchdowns being scored on both sides here, but I, I couldn't I could not give three and a half with Minnesota. I think that is absolutely crazy in this spot.
0: Yeah, they're definitely being overvalued. Uh Josh Jobs, like you said, playing a little above his head right now, most likely. Um I I mean I think it does have something to do with the fact that Kevin O'Connell is a pretty damn good coach. I like his schemes a lot. Uh I think especially that there was that there was that play uh with it was like third and twenty when Ty Chandler kind of leaked out to the left and they ran a, a clear out uh, with the two guys on the left. It was just a really smart play to run on third and 19, yep. got them within a couple inches and they converted the fourth down. Uh, so that, that those type of plays I think are helping Dobbs just kind of, you know, that's a, that's a play any quarterback in the league is going to make. Yep. It's, he, Kevin O'Connell is doing a good job of making his life easy, but you're right. There are some plays like the crazy one where he rolled out to the right, his first touchdown, he evaded two defenders, kept his feet, kept his eyes up hit the guy in the end zone for the touchdown like that sort of thing you're probably not going to expect from him week to week but i think the over 43 takes more stones than uh taking the bears to win the game to be honest 11 and 1 these monday night unders have just been absolute cash but cody i will uh i'll bow Uh, down i
1: did forget about that Monday night. (laughs)
0: i'll I'll bow down to you if you hit if you actually if you if you hit the 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 first uh over in however many weeks uh on monday night you you deserve some credit so it's been a hard trend to buck although yeah if i'm just looking at this game i think over 43 is the play from a football perspective but that monday night trend is just really hard to overlook
1: yeah they're so this is not betting related now this is just talking about fantasy football there are a couple players that I just have on like a week to week. I hate this player list because of just like things here or there that caused me to lose fantasy matchups. And in my second most important league right behind ours, um, I had my most hated guy of the season, Latavius Murray, and basically in for the entire end of the game against the Jets when all I needed was a couple more opportunities to James Cook, him to pop one and I get a win. And then now it's going to be a combination of Josh Dobbs and whoever the backup tight end is for Minnesota. I can't remember his name, but all I needed was like four more points from TJ Hawkinson in a full PPR game, and I easily win my matchup. And to see that touchdown and a couple other good passes go to their backup tight end, just that's how you get added to my hatred list of the (laughs) week. So I I was so mad whenever – I saw the pass go, and I seen it was a big guy, and I was like, "Yes, we won." And then, nope, number eighty-four, whatever his name is. Good for you for catching that touchdown, but you ruined my Johnny face. Munt.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, they had a they had, like you said, there was a couple play, big plays from the other tight ends in this game. I think uh, the other guy, Josh Oliver, made a pretty big play at one point down. Oh, the field. it was Oliver. Um,
1: yes. Yeah, oh, he had. Gosh, yeah, shot.
0: he had like a forty-yard catch, and then uh, Munt caught the touchdown. So yeah, bad luck, <laughs> TJ. I think has better days ahead, but. Yeah, Josh Dobbs really leaving him out like to try points, So at the end. it wasn't a bad TJ day, but it's like come on, like all I needed was the touchdown yeah, and I win TJ's, my fantasy matchup. TJ's clearly got he's like I think he's got some broken ribs right now, so he's not playing every snap. I think they're kind of using him situationally yep. as they should be. But Dobbs really leaving him out to try at the end of the game, getting him blown up a couple times on some. I think that you kind of saw Josh Dobbs come back to earth a little bit on that last drive of the game where he uh, lobbed some balls out to the far hash and just got. Hawkinson absolutely obliterated twice, but uh yeah, anyway, honorary, I think I would lead Bears too.
1: Honorary mention to Gabe Davis to be added to my hated players of the week. No list. targets. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean I to be fair, you can't blame him. You can't yeah, do anything if you Jets. don't get targeted.
0: <laughs> he doesn't never does but, anything yeah. against the Jets, but yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. We will be back. Uh, It'll be out either. It'll be out either way on Saturday morning with the rest of our best bets. Uh, Nick, let's go ahead and hear your Thanksgiving Day teaser one
0: last time. Detroit minus one and a half. Dallas minus five. San Francisco minus one. We're taking all the favorites, betting them down six points. Love the Detroit and San Francisco uh, numbers. You're basically just getting them to win the game. And then Dallas, we're just uh, hopefully bucking the trend of them not covering. Uh, and avoiding the back door here uh hopefully both me and Cody can be happy and let's have this number land in between 5 and 11
1: I was going to say let's find that nice middle let's get the commanders plus 11 in there and that'll be Also uh,
0: that'll be I, good. I I made my decision I'm locking it in Miami at the Jets under 41 is going to be one of my five love that number Love it um and I'm going to take it while I can get it right now that way you, even if it goes down I'll have already locked it in at this point so uh I it's yep. locked in as we'll lock far as in. our
1: best bets go. So That's you Black got under Friday. 41. I got Commanders plus 11. Nick, I will talk to you Friday afternoon, Saturday morning. We will get it in for you guys. It may be out a little bit later just with traveling and stuff this weekend. So hopefully you have time to listen to it. Otherwise, make sure to check us out on the socials. So That way you can check out the graphics Sunday morning. Nick, have a good rest of your week. I will talk to you later. Peace, Peace out. Bob.